You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome, everyone, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me is the super producer, Jason. Greetings, everyone. Hey, uh, you know, the super producer tag that we give you, man, before we came on, if our guests or our fans could hear the, the smoke that was coming out of our guest's ears, if you could smell it, from Jason trying to explain the technical aspect of recording a podcast, I think you guys might might nominate Jason for a Nobel Peace Prize or maybe a you know some kind of science award because he was really blowing some people's minds. Just join our Patreon earning. and support our platform. That's all we want you to do. <laughs> earning <laughs> earning the name of super producer. Super producer. <laughs> oh, but before before we want, we bring our guests on. Our all loyal listeners will know. Um, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that at the well, it was supposed to be last last episode last week. Um, I had a song coming out on a on a country music album by Eddie Montgomery, and I not only got the date wrong, I got the name of the album wrong, and so I want to make a correction for those who care. And those who are interested in going and, and buying the album and supporting uh, one of our side projects, you can go to, Wal- to Walmart.com or you can go to Walmart the day of. Um, the album comes out October 29th, and it's called Ain't No Closing Me Down. And it's Eddie Montgomery's first solo uh, album since um, his partner, Troy Gentry, died in a, a helicopter crash. And you can... Order, pre-order the album now. You can wait till the day of. Save it on your Spotify, Apple, iTunes, um, wherever you listen to music. Help us out. Uh, our song, the song I helped write, it's called Higher. It's a duet with Tanya Tucker. It'd be super cool. I think that's the day. Actually, that single is coming out. So it'd be really cool to uh, hear from our fans if you uh, got that song and listened to it and maybe streamed it. 500 times over the weekend. It'd be awesome. So uh, I apologize for getting everything wrong, but I'm only as good as the material I'm given. So um, with that, uh, we want to bring in our, uh, our guests. And this is, this is the first time I think we've had three sisters on Jason. Is it true? That is absolutely true. I mean, I'm not asking. I'm not asking about anything that you may have done in college, but this is the first time we've had three sisters on the show. <laughs> I think it's okay. great. <laughs> yeah. So, so I uh, we have sisters who are authors, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce the. I'm gonna give everybody's name, and then we'll bring in uh, we'll bring in the one sister who was who I think drew the short straw to had that has to talk first. Because I think they maybe are all shy, 
But uh, the authors of a really cool book, it's called Holmes County, Ohio, Hair Raisers. Um, and it's not about, um, you know, the uh, growing hair on bald guys or anything. This is These are scary stories collected by these sisters in Holmes County. And for those in other parts of the world that don't know Holmes County, Holmes County is Amish country here in Ohio. It's, I don't know if it's the most concentrated population of Amish outside of maybe Pennsylvania, but it's, I mean, when you think Amish country, that's it in, in Ohio. That and is probably, correct. Yeah. So our sisters that are the authors of this book and residents of what we would just refer to as Amish country for those us Ohio people um, are Shelly Spade, Cheryl Fields, Mary and Mary Tipton. And the, uh, the first, you know, spokesperson of the group that we're going to bring on is, is Cheryl, Cheryl Fields. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, so, um, I understand because I talked to your, I talked to Shelly. Okay. Um, I saw, you know, something about the book on a, on a Facebook page and I thought this is, you know, anything Ohio we're really, we really love. Okay. We love to talk, uh, talk to people about stuff that goes on in Ohio and so I talked, you know, I got a hold of Shelly. I mean, I think maybe she thought I was stalking her on Facebook a little bit, but you know, sometimes that's what she got to do to get the, to get the story. And, um, so tell Cheryl, tell our listeners and, and Jason, cause he only knows a little bit about you and your sisters, what your you know life was growing up in Holmes County and why you guys decided to you know, write a, write a book full of Bigfoot, UFO, and ghost stories. All right. So me and my sisters, we grew up in Lakeville, Ohio, which is um, just a little town in Holmes County. And um, we always knew that our house was different than a lot of people's. We would hear things, we would hear voices, we would get creepy feelings, we didn't want to be alone in the house. It was just something that we pretty much grew up with. And we've all had like personal accounts of what happened to us. Our friends, of course, we would have them come and spend the night. Sometimes they wouldn't even spend the night because they would be too afraid. So we've had those encounters. Um, I mean, I can go into some of them. I mean, um, there was one night that my bedroom was at the top of the steps. And I remember one night I woke up and I never, never slept with my back to the stairwell. And I woke up and there was a black shadow that was coming up the steps. And it was a huge figure of a man that looked like a lumberjack. And as he turned the corner to come into my room, I seen him lift up his axe. And then I screamed and it disappeared. So, and my two sisters, they had um, incidents where they would sleep. There was a formal living room. And the formal living living room always had a weird feel to it. And my one sister who fell down and hurt her knee, she couldn't go up the steps. And so she had to spend the night down there in the living room. And all of a sudden, during the middle of the night, we hear this screaming and somebody running up the steps. And here it was Mary with stitches in her knees because there was steps that were coming towards her and the one would step and the next it would drag and it would just come closer and closer to her. My sister Shelly, she also experienced the same, pretty much the same thing, but her friend was with her and they were laying on sleeping bags on the floor and it went right between them. So that's like the, just, like the sound yeah. of steps went, be- went between them. Yes, between their between their sleeping bags, they had their sleeping bags on the floor beside each other. Of course, there was a little gap in between, and the step and slide, step and slide, went 
right through where they were in between them. Well, I, they I, there. I hate to point this out now, but I, as soon as you said that, the thing that to me that is sliding is the dude dragging his ax on the ground. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that went through your head as a kid, but as soon as you said that, I thought, oh my God, that dude's dragging his ax. Oh. No, I never thought about that, yeah. but you know, that's, that's always a possibility. You just never know. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing we weren't friends back then because that's the first thing I would have said. Yeah, I, you, so, you would have really freaked me out on that one. So yeah. did you guys, um, so did you guys ever do, did you ever, what did your parents ever say, say or think about this or did they, did they ever experience it or did you ever tell them what was going on? I mean, cause if your friends oh, yeah. experienced it, I'm sure that you're, you know, they had to have said something outside of the family. So did your, you know, what did, what did your family have to say? Well, mom, she pretty much didn't believe us. I mean, she would just kind of blow it off. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. dad, he was more of a jokester. And so he would go down into the basement in the middle, like in the night, and he would ooh, in the um, <laughs> register and rattle the door. They get you thrown in jail for child abuse today. I know, to I know, but like he that. really enjoyed it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he he didn't he didn't help the situation. He he had a lot he had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. He would do that at lunchtime, too. If we were all at home alone, he'd come home at lunchtime and he would sneak into the basement and rattle the doors and stuff. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is, your, is your dad, is your father still around? No, no. Both of our parents are gone now. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if he was still around, I hope you're planning something good for the funeral to get back. To get back at the jokester, you know? <laughs> because I could, I mean, that sounds like he's the kind of guy that would have got somebody say, okay, when I die, I want you to, I want you to put something in my casket. So when they close it, it knocks against the side or. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. And yeah, that, that would have, oh, that would have been bad. That would have been so scary. So, so, so have you ever done, since you guys are obviously now, I mean, cause this is your second book. Correct. Um, so you guys are into research and, and, and finding stuff out, uh, you know, about history. I'm sure that goes hand in hand. Have you ever researched your house that you grew up in and kind of tried to make a connection to what it is that may have been haunting you guys? Well, yeah, we did. Um, we looked back into the history of the house, and um, there was a family, the Kriegers. Was it the Kriegers who built it? They built the house. and um, But, you know, we just never were really able to peg who exactly was there. One time we heard that there was a child that might have died in the living room, but that's just speculation. You know, we never really got the facts on it. You know, and who knows? I mean, I've heard a lot, though, that Lakeville in itself is a is a pretty haunted little town that there's been spirits that just walk around through there. I mean, back in its time, in its heyday, it was it was um, pretty wild. Lakeville in the middle of peaceful and serene Amish country was wild. Yes, it was. (laughs) Yes, was it, it was. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the bootleggers. We had red light districts, and we had um, during the prohibition there was like you know the speakeasies, and yeah, and then, you know we had the lake, and there was hotels and bars, and even gangsters would go down there. How did it's the how did the Amish let all that go go on and not put a stop to it? Well, the Amish weren't really around Lakeville back, you know, back that during that time. Yeah, I mean, it's Lakeville's, you know, just in a little corner, and you know, most of the Amish are pretty concentrated in around the Millersburg, Holmesville, um, Berlin area. Berlin is like huge as far as um, Amish communities. 
So there's yeah. a bunch of English, English people. English, yes. I, yeah. I can't, I can't, I don't have the Dutch accent down that they, that, <laughs> that they use. Uh, <laughs> so was there anything else that you guys growing up, like other than just haunted stuff that you guys experienced growing up there? Well, probably of all the sisters, I probably had the most diversified experiences um, when I was growing up. And um, me and my friend, my, my best friend, Cindy, we would go across the street from us was the schoolhouse, was Lakeville School. And behind it, you know, of course, was all the playground equipment. And then there was a ball diamond. And... There was one beautiful, sunny day that me, her, and another girl went up to the ball diamond, and we were gonna we were riding our bikes around it, and I, Cindy and her and the other girl were at home base, and I was riding my bicycle from home, and I had made it to first base. And I stopped my bike because it got really windy. I mean, the wind was just whipping around like a tornado and blowing up the sand. And I looked straight ahead of me because I was I was looking out towards third base and there's pine trees, the tall pine trees. And I was watching them and the wind had bent them, the tops of them to the north. And so then I looked up in the sky up above me. I just raised my head up and above me was this silver flying saucer. And it was a sleek silver look and it was hovering above the ball diamond. And I remember I just, I had my, my bike and I was looking up and all of a sudden this orange beam went shooting out towards home base where Cindy and the other girl were kind of like huddled down and I dropped my bicycle and I ran down to the, um, the playground and there was a huge Oak tree and I hid behind that Oak tree. I just kind of huddled down behind it and hid and then that's all I can remember. And the next that I knew, um, I was at home washing dishes with my sisters. And we, me and Cindy, we never talked about it. You know, life just went on as, as usual, you know. And then when we got to be in ninth grade, our English teacher, she wanted us to write um, biographies about ourselves, And so because me and Cindy grew up together, we decided that we would write a book together. And um, basically we started, I started the story. She ended it exactly how, you know, how it happened. So that was like my, my big, my big UFO experience. That's it. I mean, real, I mean, come on. That's yeah. <laughs> what, what the heck? I mean, okay. So, so she essentially, you guys had never talked about it. So she essentially remembered the story the same as you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so you said that the beam of light went towards her and your other friend. Yes. What? So so you didn't have the beam of light coming. What was her, what did she say about this beam of light coming at her? She didn't, she don't know. She doesn't know. She just remembers the beam of light. That's all she remembers. And all it's, I know is, is two was better than one. So I ran. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Some friend you were. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, but but she had the same then experience as you did. Is that from that moment, then then the next thing you remember is you're doing something else. Right. Correct. Yes. And I've never what? been hypnotized, so and I'm not sure I want to be. Oh wow! I look that. I mean, that's like some missing time right there for sure. And do you have any idea? Like, I mean, you were young. I don't know how how old were you when that happened. Do you suppose? 
I suppose maybe I was like seven to eight years old. Okay. So you would, you probably wouldn't even remember how much time maybe could have elapsed anyway. Well, I think it might've been a couple hours because I think that we had went up after lunch and if we were doing dishes, it would have been after supper. Wow. So then you'd have come home, eaten dinner and been doing dishes before you even realized you were back. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Right. So you had to have come home, interacted with your family, ate dinner, and then because you wouldn't have just walked in after dinner and started washing dishes. Right. Mm -hmm. So there had to be some sort of you getting back into your family's, uh, you know, routine there that uh, happened without you remembering. That's that's great. So whatever happened to the other girl that was with you guys? Well, I didn't put her name in the book because um, I didn't really have her permission to do so. I wanted to talk to her first. But I, at one point in time, she she talked about it. But then after that, we haven't talked to, to her since about it. She just kind of confirmed it. But she was older than us. So, um, but she, so, she never really said what happened to, to her because... But, but, but you do know, and I mean, cause we, we don't need to know her name or anything, but I'm just saying you have talked to her and she also then tells, told, confirmed the same thing that you guys experienced. Yes. Yes. I just don't know. We don't run around in the same circles. So I don't know like how many people she ever told or she just kept it to herself. Listen, I gotta be honest with you the way you took off like a, Scaredy cat. I'm not sure I'd run around in the same circle with you anymore. Either. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just well, being honest. Years old, I don't think I'm going to be able to kick their butt. So <laughs> you got to go down with the ship, you know, come on, Cheryl, what are you doing? Oh, no, this is not the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So is that something then you ever told your parents or was that just something you shared? I mean, what did your teacher think? You wrote the story and handed it in. What did your teacher think? I think that she, she was kind of big eyed about it, but I don't know if she just kind of maybe just blew it off. You got an A, didn't you? Yeah. 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 I mean, we got an A on the book, but it's like, (laughs) we just, listen, people just don't believe us. Didn't, didn't believe us. So. Oh, okay. It, it, so, so, and so you put this story in the book, right? Is mm-hmm, that what I'm yeah. hearing? Okay. Yes. So how then, okay. So what, what, I mean, you guys had enough experiences on your own. You could have probably wrote a decent book, but what made you guys, at what point did you guys say, you know what? let's put a book together and kind of highlight stories from Holmes County. Was it something because you guys experienced this stuff for yourself? So through the years, you maybe shared some stories and then people shared them with you and you started, you know, like, Hey, we got a book. Or did you just want to know if people experienced the same things you did as kids and kind of go on a quest to, to find that out. And it turned into a book. I mean, you know, what, what got us into this? Well, I mean, I would say that probably all of our experiences, plus we like, we all get, we both, we all get along real good and we enjoy our time together. And we decided that um, we would like to tell our stories. And we had heard some stories in the past. And when we were going down and doing the interviews about Lakeville, about, you know, well, we thought maybe you were coming here to talk about our ghosts. So we thought, well, let's write a book about paranormal and see see what we get. I mean, we got Panthers Hollow in Millersburg. You got the, uh, what is it, Salem Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And there's, there is so much paranormal activity in Holmes County. And it's, we know that there's more. And uh, my sister, Mary, she is in with the um, Holmes County Historical Society, and which is involved with 
the Victorian house, which is notoriously haunted. So it, it was just, and it's something that we're, we're all very interested in. And we enjoy talking about, we're not people who, we like to keep an open mind that we don't say that there's never a, any possibilities. We keep our minds open. How, how could you, how couldn't you keep your minds open with the stuff That's that you right. have experienced? I mean, I, I mean, so. Let's put it you, this way. NASA's come out saying that there is such thing as UFOs, and I just sit back and chuckle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for all those years that people thought, like, the UFO stuff was crazy, um, they are validated by, like, yeah, we're not crazy. We know what we saw. You know, now we don't have the answers for what exactly, like, you saw something— do you know, like, or the, were those little green men, so to speak, in that ship shining a light? Was it, you know, a test uh, aircraft from, you know, a secret Air Force base, and and the guys didn't, you know, didn't know what they were doing, you know, and ended up in the ball field in Lakeville, you know what I'm saying? So you yeah. don't know what it was, but you do know there was something there that should not have been there, or there, you know, that is not common knowledge. That's correct. Yep. You know, you know, so did you then, so let's, let's stay on the UFO stuff. Cause you know, I know we got some good stories in each like of the categories we can, I want you guys to share to, you know, to kind of get people excited about going and buying this book, this Holmes uh -huh. County, this Holmes County, Ohio hair raisers. Cause I, I got to admit, I'm kind of jealous that I couldn't have been the picture on the front, but I don't have enough hair. <laughs> <laughs> to raise, but, uh, uh, so let's stay in the UFO. Like, so give us, give our listeners a couple of maybe the UFO stories that you guys came across that maybe valid. If there's any that validated what you saw even more, like maybe something that took place around that you kind of figured out might've been around the same time that you had your experience or sounded similar to what if there if there is any i'm just assuming there might be there some. is there is a bunch during the time period that i was talking about which would be in the 70s in the 70 range there was so many sightings of ufo's we're talking people being chased in their vehicles by flying objects with lights blaring down on them. Um, there was UFOs that would come down into the fields. One of them even had like some like tinsel materials, ropes hanging down from them that were like scanning the pasture and like just going back and forth. And this wasn't just for seconds. We're talking like a half an hour that this was going on, that these people in their house watched in fear. They turned all their lights off because they did not want the whatever was in those flying saucers to see them, to be noticed because they were fearful. We have an Amish person who reported that a UFO landed and hovered in their pasture and now nothing will grow there in that spot. And that's and that to me is amazing that an Amish person came out and and, and would tell that. Yes. Because yes. they're very closed, you know, they play and I can say this and not, you know, they're not listening to the podcast, but um at least I don't think any Amish people are listening to the podcast. But uh if you are, thank you very much. Um but they don't they they're very like Let's keep it in. Let's. It's a close knit community. I mean, they want to handle justice, you know, for people that mm -hmm. do wrong within their community. I can't imagine that they would want to talk about anything paranormal, especially like a UFO, like a UFO, right. because that that is so far out of the realm of what they, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, back then they would have never even thought about uh, a motorized vehicle. 
you know what I'm saying? In right. their own, right. Um, well, and it's in their own life. So to, to have, to be terrorized by something like that would have mm-hmm. to really be, uh, something that I can't, I just can't imagine them sharing that. So I, th- right. I find that amazing that you got that kind of eyewitness testimony from, uh, like, you know, a, an Amish person. Yeah. Well, this, the one story that I was telling you about was Sonia Horstman, um, that my sister Shelly, she's, She's telling me to let you know that it was that that was her story, you know, about the Amish fella who um, reported oh, yeah. having a okay. flying saucer in the in their pasture. Well, if there's anybody that could get an Amish person to tell them something, I'm sure it's Sonia because <laughs> she has she has a <laughs> look. I can hear Jason right now. He's like buttoning up his shirt because when we had Sonia on the show. She called Jason out because he was he was doing the shirt the show with no shirt on, oh. and she could remote she was remotely viewing him. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and he had to admit he had to admit, yeah, I'm not wearing a shirt. Like, what? Are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to lie about it. <laughs> totally. So then what, are, what are you wearing right now? Oh. Uh... Tactical pants. I'm still wearing stuff from work. Tactical pants, boots, and uh, a shirt. Oh, okay, okay. Just, just wondering. Listen, yeah. I don't. I'm not buying it. It took a little too long to describe what he was wearing. I think he had to think about what do I, I got to make something. <laughs> that's up. Not, no, that's not true. Things. That's not yeah. true. I can't say bikini briefs. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that. So that. So then you. So you absolutely then, as you researched these stories and got stories, had to felt really, really good then that you were not the well or bad, that you guys were not the only ones that saw that experienced the UFO type activity. You're you're absolutely correct. It's actually really kind of strange because we got a lot of UFO stories. Even you know, we thought that we would have a lot more ghost stories. And we do have a lot more ghost stories, but there was a lot of UFO stories too, more more than what I even imagined. It, it kind of makes you wonder what in the world was going on in this area that would make um, that would bring alien beings to it. You know, was it because it was remote and they could do whatever they want? You just you don't know. Someday we can like, ask them. <laughs> well, absolutely, because I mean, I'm right. I mean, there's no like, there's no military air bases close. Um, there's obviously no like nuclear power clo- I, that I can think of that's close. Um, I mean, it's just it's rural. I mean, it, it, I mean, to to people all over the world listening, I mean, it is as rural an area as you can get. I mean, a lot of the roads are one lane stone roads still. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing, but maybe, maybe they didn't want to be seen and maybe that's why they were there. I, wow. That is, and well, I, again, if people want to really, it sounds like this is just the UFO part of this book is kind of, mind blowing to kind of go through the stories and kind of piece them together and, and see what was going, you know, I mean, it almost to me sounds like it needs a whole other investigation to just what was going on in the early 1970s and UFOs in Holmes County, to be yes. honest. Yes, it, it does. I mean, we thought about doing another book too, but we're, we're recuperating from this one here. First, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so th- let, let's move on from UFO. What what are some of your favorite ghost stories that you guys um, came across that uh, uh, while doing research or that you were told that uh, that really that that even came close to the axe wielding uh, Amish lumberjack in your house? Well, I mean, we did go out and we did investigate. Well, we didn't really investigate, but we went out to the Hotel Millersburg. And um, it had a lot of activity going on with it. And probably the one that stuck out to us the most was um, 
those ghosts wanted to party down. <laughs> the one, party. <laughs> they were partying ghosts, I tell you, because in the the bar area when they would when they closed it down at night, and the people who were managing it, they had a room up above the bar, and all of a sudden the music came on, the lights came on. And it was like you could they had a video of it because they had a security um, camera in there and you could see the music. It was like the fan was like and the lights were like strobing to this music. And then you could see like, I don't know, maybe it was a barmaid who was like wiping off a table that was a spirit. But that one was was a pretty interesting one. But you have one, Shelly? I have one. Okay, can I um can I hand you over to Mary? You can you can absolutely you can hand us over to whoever. I mean, whoever's brave enough to get on the mic. Hello, this is Mary. Hey, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hey. Well, as Sharon told you, I am a member of the Holmes County Historical Society, and we own the Victorian House there in Millersburg. And for a few years, they were using it as like a Halloween scare house. It is a museum. Uh, that we do tours and everything. My first year there was 2014. They always stick me up on the third floor. And uh, so I dressed up like a vampire. So I was up in the maid's room that night, you know, and we had all kinds of people. I don't know if you've ever seen the Victorian house there in Millersburg. Is it is it on the main direct? Is it on 39? It is. It's on Worcester Road down below uh, Joel Pomerine Hospital. Okay. Yeah, I've never, yeah. I ever, I've never seen it. But well, it's a twenty-eight room mansion. Oh wow! It was built okay. Nineteen oh one, and uh, in the seventies, one of the, the the last person that lived there, the daughter of the second family that lived there, she went to the nursing home, and the town was going to demo demo the whole house, and the historical society came in and and bought it and restored it to its grandeur that it is now. And uh, I know whenever we would drive past it, we'd always look at the house and, and think, we know that house is haunted. Or we'd always look up on the third floor to see if someone pulled the curtains back. Well, now it's me up there on the third floor pulling the curtains back. Trying to <laughs> <laughs> In 2014, I was, I was up. It was my first night of my first time ever being part of the Victorian house at Halloween. And they had me in the maid's room and I was dressed like a vampire. You know, you're supposed to jump out and scare people. And there was one other girl, I think she was uh, 15 years old. Her name was Hannah. She was in the ballroom. And uh, we decided to switch rooms because it was really busy. And then there was a law about 1030 or so in the evening where there really wasn't anybody. And so I thought, I'll just go talk to Hannah. So I, she was in the maid's room. So I walked in there and I didn't see her. And I go, Hannah, Hannah. And then something just grabbed hold of my cloak and yanked it down. And I thought it was her. And I jumped around and I went, ah, Hannah. And no one was there. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, okay. I went, I went to the back stairs it goes from the third floor clear to the basement i went down them stairs as fast as i could and she's sitting in the front lobby and i'm like how long you been down here she's all about an hour i'm like you left me up there alone she goes yeah and i'm like i ain't going back up there and doris goes i go with you and i'm like okay so she went back up there with me and stayed up there that was my first incident at victoria and I've had wow. many things happen at the Victoria. Well, so has, so you guys have like, you said like a haunted house there, or scare house, right? Oh, they did. Not anymore. Um, they went to doing paranormal um, investigations, okay. either public or private. Well, I, I just wondered, did, did anybody else that went through the house have oh, yeah. a similar experience? Oh, yeah, we've had quite a few people that have had a lot of experiences. That one Halloween of 2019, we had 
the door in the maid's room that's connected to the drawing room that was for the maid, it's now locked, we use it as a library. That doorknob rattled all night long. And uh, on the last tour, two police officers from Millersburg were with us. And the one female officer, she thought we were just kidding when we said that door had been rattling all night. It rattled so hard. It sounded like somebody ran at the door and just slammed into it. She, she was so scared. She, her hand went right to her gun. That's how scared she was. Did and none of you guys bothered to open the door to see what was on the other side? It was locked. That room was all locked up. Like you couldn't even open it no. if you wanted to? No, you had to have a special key from the curator and she was not there that night. And that's a room that we don't allow the public in because we use it as like a archive room and we have a lot of different. Unless the, I hate to, I hate to break it to you. Unless the curator has somebody locked inside there that they don't like. And I, I know Candy and I don't think <laughs> she, Oh, it's the man with the axe, Cheryl says. The man with the axe. It's the man with the axe. I mean, I've had I've had quite a few encounters there. Um, a lot of the members have. I mean, the one telephone would ring. It was an antique phone that wasn't even hooked up. Would ring by itself. And oh God, nobody was brave oh, enough to answer it. You know, I mean, just just all kinds of weird things, weird smells and. An old man in the basement sometimes will tell people to get out, you know, and it's like, whatever, you know, it's like he can stay down in the basement. I don't want to talk to him. So. Right. <laughs> I, I understand. When, I, when I'm there alone, I won't go to the basement. I, I won't check it out. I just stand there in the foyer and I scream as loud as I can. Is anybody in here? And if nobody answers back, I lock the place up and they're in for the night. So. <laughs> wow you got i tell you what you guys got some guts, <laughs> you guys well, got some. <laughs> i had something else happen to me really weird and it's not about ghosts i live over in shreve near the killbuck marsh or the what they call shreve swamps yeah. and i live right there on the county line between wayne county and holmes county and my husband passed away in 2016. And since then, me and my dogs have developed really weird sleeping patterns. They always want to go outside at three in the morning to do their business. And I'm like, ugh, really? Now, behind my house is nothing but a field and a woods. There is a house that sits off to the side. And then there's a hill and they do the fireworks up there. So it's basically woods. And I have a lot of deer that run through there. And my dogs, they're little ankle biters. And they're, they will chase horses. They will chase deer, rabbits, whatever. So I go out there and it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, good God. This was in the spring of 2019. And they take off out. You got to go down through my kitchen, into the garage, and then out the back door to the patio. And then it's yard and then field and woods. These two dogs come screaming back in before I could even get my foot out onto the patio. And they're whining. And these dogs are so stupid, they'll chase anything and bark at anything. They don't care. Okay, they'll even chase buggies and horses down the road. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with them? They're all smashed up against the door whining to get in the house. So I just open the door and they fly into the house. And I shut the door and I shut the lights off in the garage. And I go out on the patio and there's these red eyeballs standing in the middle of the field at three o'clock in the morning. So I turn the lights back on thinking maybe it's deer and it's eye shine. Now there isn't deer that tall, okay? And I'm like, hmm, so I shut the lights back off. Well, I get a, I get a Scooby-Doo moment, right? I start walking out there like, what is that, you know? And then I get about almost off the patio, and I'm like, 
oh, that's not a deer. And I start backing up into the garage and I slam that door and I get in the house and I huddled on the couch with the dogs all night. So, <laughs> I still so, don't know what it was. But it sounds like you may have like an idea of what you think. <laughs> I think it was either Bigfoot or Dogman. Okay. So, do wow. Do you yeah. so so I'm assuming then in the process of the, of accumulating stories for the book that you guys came across some good Bigfoot sightings and and even Dogman oh. sightings. Definitely Bigfoot. A lot of people don't know what Dogman is, but that's starting to come out into you know, into the media and stuff is another cryptid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they think dog, man, werewolf. There is a little bit of a difference there. But those are starting to come forward as as the most seen cryptid, like in Ohio. Uh, of course, you have the Beast of Bray Road in uh, Wisconsin. Michigan has a dog, man. Um, but I do believe, yes, there are, there are Bigfoot here. So what, um, because now I, I don't need to, to say this, but I mean, our fans love Bigfoot. Everybody loves Bigfoot. He's like mm-hmm. the rocks. He's like the rock star. He is a rock star. Rock star of so, all cryptids. Of he all is. Cryptids, of all cryptids. So what, what are some of the best sightings that you guys have heard about? Then? Well, I will turn you over to Shelly, who has one of the best stories. I mean, Shelly's going to get on. I mean, she was so, she was so scared. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. So when we were down at the Holmes County nursing home, we went down there to talk to a guy from our town and he had some UFO stories. But while we were there, we were walking around and one of the nurses there, um, she, you know, wondered what we were doing. And we said we were there for a book. And she says, well, I saw Bigfoot. So, and she didn't want her name in it. She actually, she didn't even give us her name. So we called her Candy. So back in the 60s, she lived with her family out in the country and on a farm. And her and her older sister got sent down to the barn to feed the cats. So they go down to the barn. And it was in the back. And so she was standing by the door and her sister went to feed the cats. And all of a sudden, she, there was a Bigfoot in the barn. But it was about six foot tall. So it was probably a juvenile walking on two legs it didn't see her but she could see it and then the beast she had said it wanted out of the barn it walked over they had rabbit coops in there and it like ran its fingers across the rabbit cages but scared the rabbits half to death and finally it broke down the back door to get out well her and her sister you know ran up to the house and they told their mom when their dad got home he went out and he looked at the barn and he's like don't tell anybody about it so then a couple years went by and his her their dad replaced the barn with a new barn two stories horse stalls with a tack room with the saddle saddle racks and everything and this then about five to six years after her first encounter her and her cousin were going to sleep in the top of the barn so they're there and all of a sudden they hear something in the bottom just making all kinds of ruckus and banging and stuff and so they ran up to the house. They thought it might be her sister, but her, it wasn't her sister. So the next day, then their dad went down to the barn and he went down and in the tack room, these big stuff that had been bolted into the walls to hold the saddles had been ripped out and stuff was all torn up, feed bags and stuff. So that was her second encounter. And then a few years later, it was evening and she was walking down to feed the dogs. And as she's walking down, the dogs aren't excited. They're just kind of staring into the woods and she looks up and there's Bigfoot watching her. And she said, she just slowly backed up and just kept throwing the dog food over her shoulder. as She backed up to the house. <laughs> so she thinks that they're migratory and they come around and check on her every five to 10 or five to six years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so she's had like three experiences, all at the same farm. Oh, and did she 
did the, was it the same? So the first one she thought might have been a juvenile. Did it right. grow? Did she say it was like the last one? Because she obviously it didn't sound like she really saw the second time. They no, just the more, second one they didn't see. They just you know kind of put two and two together. Like what else can rip that stuff off the wall? Nothing but Amish Jack with his axe. But you know <laughs> he was too busy scaring you. But so did she say like the one that she saw the last time was? full grown and maybe um, the same one. I don't know. How would you know? She didn't say. She, she did not say. And so she just matter of factly is like, yeah, I've had three. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Did, I mean, did she say anything else? Like what she, why she thought it kept coming around or um, anything like that? I mean, that's, or just tell you the story. She just told us the story. Yeah. Golly. <laughs> there's a, another there's another one too. It wasn't there was a part of it as a sighting. Now the Victorian house, the director of that is Mark Bowley, and he gave us several different types of stories. And he said he was down at Panther Hollow one night by himself, which is one of those little one-lane dirt roads in Holmes County. Now why do they why why do they call this place Panther Hollow? Because at one time, the story goes that a circus train wrecked, some panthers got loose and killed some people. And that they still, you can still hear them or see their ghosts today. Really? Okay. All right. And it, oh. are there still panthers in Holmes County or did they catch, they catch those? Um, my uh, sister says there's been sightings of panthers. All right. Just one more thing to scary about yeah. Holmes County. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so Mark decided to drive down there by himself in the dark. And as he was going through there, all of a sudden he saw something big and hairy by the road. And it turned to look at him, had red glowing eyes, and it went across in front of him so fast he really didn't get a good look at it. They said it was really big and it really scared him. And then a few years ago, he was down at uh, McDonald's in Millersburg and he was sitting there eating. And there was a, a guy just a, at another table, so sitting there working on the laptop and stuff, and they struck up a conversation, and this guy told him, he goes, he was a professional Bigfoot hunter. He said, you know, he said to Mark, he goes, would you like to see some footage of Bigfoot that we took just south of here down by Kilbot Creek? And of course, Mark's like, yeah, you know, I'll go out to the van with you, you know. <laughs> oh, that you don't, come on, he's not falling for that to get in the guy's van. That's a whole nother yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. We can Yeah. So, so Mark said he went down, you know, went out and looked at the, um, in the van and said it was just like a television studio in there. And the guy had some uh, video footage of a Bigfoot mama and her baby. And he also had Bigfoot scat pictures, footprints. Um, supposedly then the uh, Ohio Department of Natural Resources got hold, got wind of this guy and um, said, oh, hey, come on down and bring us your stuff. We'd like to see it. Well, then, of course, he took it down, and that was the last he ever saw of it. And then about a year later, the guy in the Squatchmobile mysteriously died after making claims, you know, that the Bigfoots were all over the place near Kilbuck. He... <laughs> okay, this sounds like a, a conspiracy more than... <laughs> this was Mark's story. Yes, it does. <laughs> I love it. Uh off the air, you maybe if you you might have to tell us who this person was. If you've got a name, I'd like to I'd like to investigate that claim. I, that I that, would have to ask Mark. I'm not even sure Mark knew his name. I would seriously love to hear more about that story. Yeah, Some, we'll, we'll ask Mark about it. That uh, that has and a, that supposedly, has, and this was something Sonia told us. That at one time, um, some mushroom hunters down around Kilbuck found, in the 70s, found a big hairy body out in the woods. And so they went back, and for some reason, the government, the military, was called in. They came in with trucks and everything and hauled the body out. You know, nobody ever, you know, they never said anything about it. Finally, they just said, oh, it was a bear. But, but why does a rare bear, you know, and... Why does the military have to pull a bear bear body out? But if we couldn't find anybody that to back that story up, though. I mean, we in the '70s we would have been going to school with kids 
from that area. And we asked, you know, some of them from that area and they didn't know anything about it. But so that's something too, we'd like to further look up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stories like that, um, are from the, you know, from the seventies and eight, those are the stories that are like the urban legends because it's just word of mouth. Nobody has anything on a cell phone. Nobody has anything on a camcorder. It's like, right. did you hear that? Did you hear that? You know, nobody tweeted about it or anything, <laughs> anything like that. And the sad thing is, is like, we're getting to the point, like if something had, did happen in the seventies to find the, the people that would have been a, the adults at the time, they're, they're dying off to yeah. kind of get, you know, yeah. so it's, so it's all secondhand, even thirdhand um, storytelling at that right. point. But um, who knows, maybe the fact that you guys just brought that up and maybe, yeah, maybe some somebody people, will hear it. Maybe somebody, yeah, somebody will be listening and, and say, I remember that story. And um, so, I, I mean, I think Jason will agree. This, this is, I, I didn't really know what we were getting into with the story. Like, come on, it's, it's Amish country. How? Well, no, this is great. This is, this is crazy stuff in a, Just, in a place where you would, cause I gotta be honest, Amish country can go one of two ways. You know, you can think, oh, it's a sweet, quaint, uh, really cool. Like they just live simple life and, you know, we get great pies and, and crafts. Or there's a whole lot of crazy, scary stuff that they got hidden away um, in those hills, in the woods. And it might be the scariest place in the world. You know That's what I'm saying? That's what I heard, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you know, really, it really could go, it really could be a horror movie. For for real, like if you believe uh, those urban legends, yes. Let's let's. Well, let me up. tell you, I I still go out at three o'clock in the morning with my dogs, but I will carry a knife and I will carry a thirty-eight in my back pocket. That's wise. I I, I have nothing wrong nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Well, I would I would say this. That's all right. I would say this don't go outside with your sister Cheryl because she's going to be inside the house with the door and lock you out probably because you heard her say two's better than two's better than one. That's all right. I keep an ax on the back, back patio to see her ax me. Wow. You, you, you ladies don't mess around. (laughs) You don't mess around. But uh, so before we, before we, close here and, and, and tell everybody how they can buy this book and, and reach out to you guys. Is there anything that other than the couple stories that you might want to um, get some more information on, is there anything that you guys kind of heard that you didn't put in the book that maybe is outside of these, these categories and, or, or these boxes that was, way out there, but you would really like to do some more research on it and see if, it, yes. you know, what well, can you? The one thing that we did hear, but we could not find anybody to talk, but we were, we would love to find out is that we were told that down on the Holmes County trail, which is, is a very long trail that goes through Holmesville, Millersburg, Fredericksburg, that it's just, you know, no cars can be on it. But there's actually like a family of Bigfoots that live down there and that people have seen them, but nobody has talked to us about that. So that's kind of like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would love to find out more about the um, them finding the Bigfoot body down in the Killbuck area to find out if that's true. Now, now the place that you're describing where there's a, a supposed Bigfoot family, that sounds like a place where you don't go unless you're supposed to be there, right? If you can't, yeah. like... You can like go. You said, not, you, not really. I mean, you can you can ride your bikes. It's like a bike trail. The Amish buggy. do have their okay, buggies okay. that go up and down it, and you can walk down it. 
but I mean, it's, it's like out in the, in the, in the country, in the wooded areas, you know, in the remote areas. So it's a place you shouldn't be riding your bike or walking. That's what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Well, I mean, yeah, you want to be careful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, all the stuff that's going on in Holmes County, walking out in the middle of nowhere or riding my bike does not sound like something I'd want to do for a, even for a story, you know? <laughs> I mean, oh, boy. I mean, it's not the me. people you have to worry about. It's it's the other things out there that you don't know. Sorry, you know? I'll be, you'll right. find me you'll find me eating ice cream at Walnut Creek Cheese. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that. That's where I'll be. Well, I hope you <laughs> hope you pick up some trail bologna too on your way. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, of course, it's, it's a must. Of course. <laughs> of course. Wow. So so let everybody know what's the best way to buy the book. Like if you know. If you guys want them to buy it through a website or Amazon and then how people can get a hold of you guys and tell you some stories from from Amish country, from Holmes County. Or, I mean, even if it's just – look, I'm just going to throw it out there. Tell them stories from anywhere in Amish country. I want to hear them. Absolutely. Okay. So our book is for sale on Amazon. We um, published it through Kindle Direct Publishing. So it is available on Amazon. Also, this weekend is the Holmes County Antique Festival. We will have a booth set up and have it for sale there so they can get it autographed and save shipping costs. And uh -huh. if you have stories, we would love to hear them. We have a website, or not a website, we have our email, which is three, the, the number three, sisterspublications at gmail.com. So if they leave us a, a message there, or even if they come and see us at the Antique Festival and let us know, we'll, and we have a Facebook page, Three Sisters Publications. Okay, cool. Cool. I Yes, I encourage everybody that that is in the area, uh, go visit you guys this weekend, because this will, you know, this episode will come out in time for people to make some last minute plans to go see you guys and, and, right. uh, um, I mean, here's some of the story. I mean, look, if I was listening to this, I'd go, I'd be going down there to get, you know, first some good Amish baked goods, and then and then shake the hand of the of the ladies who faced the uh, Amish lumberjack and live to tell about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, look, we joke or we joke around about that, but as a, that, I mean, we only joke because. That has to be terrifying as a kid. I can't even. Oh yeah. I can't even imagine what that what that's like. So, you know, and and uh, and Mary being somebody who who has seen the red glowing eyes themselves, um, I totally get your trepidation about walking any further out into the field. You know what but I'm saying? I, but I do it every every night almost. I do it every night. I even have there's lately there's been pounding on my house in the middle of the night. But oh, so you were just gonna leave that out that there was pounding? I, on well, the you know, I was, but you know, there's <laughs> been there's been some thumpings on the side of the house. I always tell my sisters, and my dogs will go crazy, and yeah, it's just it's just been weird. <laughs> Jason, I have a feeling that um, in a future episode that Mary's going to have a much better Bigfoot encounter story that she's going to share with us. Nice. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and if I get him, I get him. I got well, a reward coming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, be careful because you may not like the ultimate reward if you if you know what I mean, if you go to tangle with uh, – with a oh, he's got to like catch that. me first. I'm one of those when I'm scared, I run. And if there was zombies chasing me, I'd probably trip you to get ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So anybody that is that gives visits to these ladies, check your wallet before you leave. Okay. Because I, I think they're, I, I think they're out for blood. But uh, wow. But I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Cheryl, oh, okay. uh, Mary, Cheryl, Mary, Cheryl, Mary, and Shelly, hey, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of these stories. I mean, 
uh, you know, Jason and I being from Ohio, um, we love to hear these stories because we're ver- both very familiar with the places that you're that you're talking about. Yes, very I, familiar. Yes, people, you know, people from out of the area. Hopefully, they will, you know, do some research and and kind of see um, what we're talking about. How quaint and 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 nice and unassuming this area is to have all this crazy stuff going on. Um, but I, I urge everybody go go get the book Holmes County hair razors and um, read the rest of the stuff that's in there. Because if, uh, if it's half as good as the stories you guys shared with us, uh, it's going to be a fantastic read. So um, I, yeah. thanks. Thanks again, ladies. And if Thank uh, you, it was you good. guys, yeah, hey, hey, we'll, we're all ears here. If you get some really good stories, you know, uh, we want to hear them. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks again, ladies, for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be in touch. Yes. All right. Take care. Yeah. See you. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.